You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. All right. Um, uh, thank everyone who's made it out tonight. Um, if it's your first time at LifePoint, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming and for honoring our invitation. Um, our speaker tonight is someone who is extremely special to us. Um, whenever I say on Sunday, my pastor said, uh, this is the person who I speak about. Uh, um, he's uh, the lead pastor of, I like when I try and tease him, I say he's the lead pastor of all the Elevation churches worldwide. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do a huge introduction, but just to say, um, uh, he's pastored me for, and myself and I'll go for, I don't know, I suspect it's 10 years plus now. And he's one of the most gracious people I know. Um, is very kind-hearted, but he's got a strong anointing upon him, okay? Um, and, and if possible, I would like us to have him at LifePoint every single Sunday, every single Wednesday. And we'll just keep on... Uh, I know that person that said that. I'm just going <laughs> to... Yeah, I'll have a meeting with you after service because I think it reflects on your perception of my preaching. But, <laughs> but it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. But... Um, but he 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 carries he carries uh, I've I've seen I've seen I've seen Pastor Godman move mountains. Uh, literally see Pastor Godman sit down and say we're going to do this, and you know it ranges from moving here to moving to the PCC to starting other expressions. But apart from just physical things, to um, raising the church, leading a spiritual organization, to um, taking what seems like very turbulent situations sometimes, I've seen God's grace uh, at work in his life. I mean, I can say this, but you know, earlier in the day, um, they had some international TV network come all across you know, town just to come and interview him and just see you know, all the good things they've heard. Um, so it's a huge honor to have my father and my pastor here. And our father and our pastor, let's welcome... And rise, please, and let's welcome the lead pastor of all the Elevation Churches worldwide, Pastor Godman Akin Labi. Please, let's keep on clapping until he comes. Praise God. Let's appreciate Pastor Idris. Please, you may have your seat. Let me apologize for coming in a little bit behind schedule, as I was expected maybe about 10 or 15 minutes earlier, like Pastor Idris said, um, it, was, um, it was an interesting thing for me um, having a BBC Africa report um, come into my office today and do some filming and interview and all that. We actually just concluded as I was coming here, they were driving off and they constrained me to go um, on the pulpit there at Business Conference Center, which I didn't plan to do today. I was supposed to be here. They said they just wanted me to be on the pulpit, so they had to change the program there for me to exhort for, for five minutes so they could film that as part of their report. And then I jumped down and jumped into the car and we started coming here. Um, and like Pastor Idris was saying, life is a journey with God. And there are many dreams and visions and things that God will put in your heart especially as a young person. And the time to have visions is a time that we're young because we have the opportunity of achieving those visions in our lifetime. When an old man uh, starts to have vision, uh, you think about who to pass it to because time is no longer 
an asset. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying because a person, uh, um, anyone in his 70s or 80s, the gestation period for um, an idea for a corporation to form, um, I mean, for instance, it takes uh, to build a multinational corporation, it, it takes maybe about 100 years or so. That's one of the credits that we give to someone like Pastor Eya um phenomenal, you know, man of a father in the faith who, in about 35, 40 years, built a multinational, you know, corporation, church. Redeemed Christian Church of God is in 196 countries. Coca-Cola is in uh, 199 or 200. So in, three, in another one or two years, Redeemed will, will blast over Coca-Cola. <laughs> and you may say it's just church, but just try it. Go and do your own. <laughs> yeah. So wh- why am I saying it? this is that as I teach on faith tonight, I need you to understand something. That faith is the means by which we take delivery of what grace has provided. Because we live in a time and an age where we're getting fresh revelations on grace. Grace has made many things available to us. And it takes the instrumentality of faith for you to lay hold on what grace has provided. Many things that Christ has done for us, from healing to health to, you know, the Bible says he, 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 was, he was rich, though then he became poor. That through his poverty, I may be made rich. So being rich, for instance, is not what a pastor says. It's what God said. Yeah. Christ was rich, then he, he became poor. So that through his poverty, I can become rich. And that's what grace has delivered. That's how grace has positioned me. But it takes faith, the development of my faith, for me to take, you know, step into that intangible form. Intangible form. You know, so, I mean, there are things I've dreamt about. There are things that we've dreamt about together with my closest associates, like uh, Pastor Idris. There are things we dreamt about seven years ago when this church started. That faith is delivering now. At the fullness of time, some things are starting to happen. When God called us to set up this ministry, grace already provided certain things. But it took faith, the work of faith, for you to start to take delivery of the things that faith, I mean, that grace has provided. So for somebody here this evening, I'll say that by the grace of God, and in the will of God for your life, is a good and godly home with good and godly children. In the will of God for your life, it's a life of peace and joy. And wonderful relationships and, you know, all the works, the good things of life. In the will of God for you, the Bible says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Titus, you know, I think chapter 2, it says, it has appeared unto all men, teaching us to, you know, to live a godly life and all that, in all reference and, you know, all that. So the grace of God has appeared to all of us. It teaches us. It reveals to us the things that God has provided for us. Our responsibility, therefore, is to start to develop our faith so that we can lay hold on the things that God has provided for us. So in the next uh, maybe 35 or 40 minutes, I want to uh, teach on things that will help you to understand this faith better and also boost your faith. How do you boost your faith? How do you, you know, literally jumpstart your faith? 
Let me start by saying that faith is not, is not uh, um, what you resort to, like an extra tire. So that when you get into trouble, then faith is there, and then you pick it up. You know, when you, have a, when you, are, when you, when you, you, you go flat on Todd Milan Bridge, for instance, you, you then, if you don't have an extra tire, you're in trouble, you're in real trouble. The way some Christians think about it is that, okay, when I get into trouble, then I switch to faith. And then if I don't have faith, and you have many references, perhaps to buttress that in the Bible. The disciples of Christ were with him in a boat. The Bible says Jesus was sleeping in the inner part of the boat on, um, on, um, on, you know, on a pillow and all that. That looks like a private boat. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't, don't take me up on that. Yeah. But, you know, that, that, that looks like something good. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking of buying a boat. I said, if you live on the island part of Lagos, you know the building the jetty at Oroshoki? Have you seen it? That Sandfield Lane thing that they're doing there. If you think it's an estate, it's not an estate. Yeah. It's a park and ride place where from there to Victoria Island is 15 minutes. Yeah. So if I have my boat there, I'll carry you and collect your money. That's what I'm saying. It's not something to post with his business I'm talking about. <laughs> so you think I, I want to have a boat so I can't be saying I have a boat. No, I want to collect your money. That's what, what I'm saying. Just thinking business. <laughs> and if you want to do the business too, think about it. Yeah. Because, you know, just like uh, um, the red and blue buses that you're seeing, they're not all, they don't all belong to the government. People own them. Yeah, you just put them under. So by the time government starts that, if you have a boat, you can say, can I drop my boat here? And uh, one of you will. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> for people who, are, who like business, yeah, I'm just giving you ideas. That's the way I think. When I see opportunities, I think, uh, how can I be a part of this opportunity? And I don't allow my pastor title to affect my mind. Yeah. Don't allow your accountant title to affect the kind of business I can think about. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, don't allow your lawyer title, your barrister title, to affect which opportunity you can. Let me go back to my message. Maybe that's just for somebody here. Buy a boat if you need to. Buy a trailer, a college vehicle, whatever. Do business. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, so I was talking about Jesus in the inner part of the boat, and the wind came. Bible says he was boisterous. It came and the, 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 the disciples went to him and he said, Master, don't you care that we perish? I'm sure you've read that in Christian religious knowledge, even if you haven't read it in your Bible. You know, it's one of those miracles of Jesus that are popular in, in school, in just CRK. Just in case somebody has not read that part of the Bible before. He said, don't you, are you not bothered that we perish? And Jesus came, the Bible says, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and everything went calm. And he said, how is it that you have little faith? Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah. Adversary comes to test the measure of your faith. Don't wait to be told that you have little faith. That's why I said faith is not like spare tire. Faith is what you live by. The Bible says the just shall live by his faith. So faith is not a spare tire. Faith is a way of life. Consistency in trusting God. I preached a message a few weeks ago at the Island Center here that titled Faith versus Optimism. If you can get it or watch it on YouTube, um, it, it, it will do a lot of good for you. Faith, faith versus Optimism. Yeah. Back of chapter 2 and verse 4, Romans chapter 1 and verse 17, Galatians chapter 3, uh, you know, and all that, you see 
The Bible says there repeatedly, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, repeatedly that the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2 and verse 4. The just shall live by his own faith. So, and the word just means those who have been declared righteous. Yeah, those who have been declared righteous. So, the moment you said yes to Jesus, you have been declared righteous. You have the gift of righteousness. You have only one operating system from that point. Faith. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying tonight. Yeah. If you... So if we say, the just shall run on Android. And you insist, I want to stay with Apple. You're in trouble. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. So I, I, I'm not trying to favor one platform against the other. I'm just, it's just an analogy. Yeah. You're in trouble. That's what the scripture says there. The scripture is replete with, the just shall live by faith. Just shall live by faith. The just, those who have been declared righteous. Those who have come into a covenant with Jesus. There's only one way to live, by faith. So faith is not what I resort to when I get into trouble. Faith is how I live. And the simplest definition of faith is acting on God's word. Yeah, that's the simplest definition of faith. Acting on God's word. Some people have said faith is believing God's word. The Bible says even the devil believes and he trembles. Yes, he doesn't have faith. So it's one thing for you to believe. It's another thing for you to act. Faith is acting on God's word. Faith is acting on God's word. And I also want to lay this as a little foundation that every believer has a measure, the measure of faith. According to Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, the Bible says, according as God has dealt with every man, a measure of faith. So we have a measure of, so there's nothing like I'm a born again Christian, but I don't have faith. For I say to, I, I say though, I mean through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one a measure. Somebody say a measure. Say I have a measure of faith. Tell your neighbor, say I have a measure of faith. Tell, your, tell somebody, say you have a measure of faith. Say you are not faithless. Yeah. So all through the Bible, you see Jesus talking to his disciples and say, how come you have a little? And in a place he said, you know what? The one you even need is not plenty. As small as a mustard seed is okay. Yeah. Some people think sometimes you need this big faith before you can do certain things. Yeah. The Bible says here, Paul writing in Romans 12 and 3, he says, everyone, God has dealt with everyone a measure of faith. I have a measure, you have a measure. The responsibility that I have is to take that measure. You see, what Paul was saying here is that don't think of yourself so highly that you have to think. You have a measure. But the responsibility you have is take the measure up. Take the measure up. Take the measure up. Take it up a notch higher. Take it up a notch higher. Glory be to Jesus. That's why Romans 10 and 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. That means faith can increase. And you say with me tonight. So faith can grow by exposure to the word of God. And it's in present continuous manner. Faith comes by hearing. 
hearing. Yeah, present continuous. Continuous interaction with the things of the Spirit and with the Word of God leads to increase of faith. Continuous interaction with things that bring anxiety and worry, bad news and all the works, evil reports, leads to the depletion of your faith and the increase of fear. Are you still with me today? Yeah. I'm I'm sure you're following me gradually. I started by saying that the only operating system that you can function on, the just shall live by faith, Habakkuk 2 and verse 4. And I said that you have a measure of faith, according to uh, Romans 12 and verse 3. And then I'm saying right now that that measure can get to the next level, according to Romans 10 and 17. That measure can go to the next level. And the factor, you know, in life we always have the constants and the variable. Yeah. In this case, the variable is the substance of exposure. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Sorry, I'm standing a bit technical. The variable is a substance of exposure. What you are exposed to. When, I'm, when I expose myself to bad news, evil report, and stuff that bring fear and anxiety. Yeah. When I allow what I've been through to plague my mind. For instance, if I think more of repeated failure and repeated disappointment, what happens is that fear gets into my heart and faith is depleted. Now, let me put another kicker in. God works in the atmosphere of faith. The devil is activated in the atmosphere of fear. Are you still with me tonight? Yeah. God works in the atmosphere of faith while the devil is activated in the atmosphere of fear. If you want a devil, if you want bad thing to happen, start worrying right now. <laughs> you know what you are doing? You are, you are asking, you are giving demons the license to operate. An open invitation. That's what you're doing. The moment you catch yourself worrying, bind the devil and straighten up your mind. Because inadvertently, you are giving the devil an open invitation to come in. It that breaks the head, the serpent will bite. There's an edge of fire around the believer. Worry and anxiety opens the edge for the devil to come in. Because the atmosphere of fear is the ever-conducive atmosphere for the operations of the works of darkness. While the Bible says, I think it's Hebrews 11 and verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God must come believing that, you know, he, he, he can do what he said he can do. Without faith, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, faith creates the atmosphere for God to operate in your life. Your ability to trust him, believe in him, and act on his word as if it is so. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. <laughs> let the poor say I'm rich. And let him behave strong and behave rich. Yeah, <laughs> that's faith. So the fact that you have two shirts doesn't mean you should be dirty. Let the shirt be clean, starched. Yeah, looking crisp. Look like the rich. You are acting on the word of God. Very soon, all the money in Lagos will be looking for you. 
Yeah. I'm just trying to be practical tonight so you understand. Yeah. I've been in situations in my life where I just have to believe and behave it. Yeah. You believe it, then you behave it. <laughs> you believe and behave it. You know, some people don't even understand that even in the workings of miracles and moving in the spirit, it's about believing and behaving it. I got into the service last Sunday, for instance, and I just felt in my heart that God will, the Spirit of God will want to move in our services this Sunday in an unusual manner and just heal people. And I finished first service. You, you know, when you were working out of the first service, I was praying for the sick. I preached first and second service, and I went to uh, um, the mainland center to, to, to preach another service there, the second service. And in fact, at the mainland center, I eventually had to anoint everyone with oil. Yeah. By the time I got to the mainland center, Everything by faith. If you ask me the night before, the only thing was I felt a prompting in my heart. So I took a prayer walk in the evening. I joined the Zoom prayer gathering for the Island Church uh, ministers. We pray from 9 to 10 uh, every Saturday evening. And when they finished, you know, logged off from there, and I continued praying. And I was just walking around my estate. And I just felt in my heart, and I believe it, that God will want to heal people tomorrow. So, I, I need to be able to get into the Spirit and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Yeah. By the time we got to Mainland Center, you know, I finished preaching second service and I left from the altar. Uh, I told TJ to, to, to take over, to take the offering. And I, I just left. By the time I was sitting down on my seat at the Mainland Center, my PA mentor was there. He said, I just got this message from Pastor Boale. He said, that word you gave about somebody with a growth, a lump in the breast. He said, the lady testified after the service said as she was coming into the service the lump was there and it was painful and right now she has checked everything there's no lump there's no pain and many other people who couldn't testify i got a text on monday morning by a lady who said you gave a word in that service about someone with something with the right high or left high or something he said it was me and you know by the time i was leaving the service i could see with the eye no more pain and it's been, I mean, maybe she was supposed to operate on it or something. Gone. Everything by faith. That's all I'm saying. I, I, God didn't lock me up on, on Saturday and say, I will anoint you in a different way. No, you, you, you just hear from God. about, And it's the same thing. You have an idea in your heart about something that God wants you to do. Uh, about the time you, you pray in the spirit about it and you start to take steps. Taking steps is what means that you are walking by faith. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying tonight. Yeah. So faith is acting on God's word. So let me switch from the fundamentals and get into what I really want to speak about tonight, which is uh, the faith boosters. I just felt that those fundamentals will help somebody. Faith boosters. So let's talk about the place of hope, patience, and corresponding action. I've spoken a little bit about corresponding action, but I'll speak a, a, maybe a little more as I round off. There's something about the operation of faith. It's the way that a believer should live, but you need to understand according to Hebrews 11 from verse 1 to 3, Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 3, can we read that uh, um, is a faith chapter, strong faith chapter in the Bible? It says, faith, I read it from 
Let, let's read it from New King James and I'll read it from New International, I mean New Living Translation. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. Verse 3. By faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. Let me start from verse 3. It says in the B part, so that the things which are seen, this microphone is seen, were not made out of things which are visible. Everything in this world today came from the intangible. God spoke them to be. Let there be. And God being a faith being operated by faith in the creation of the world. It simply means that walking by faith, I can bring something that is tangible out of intangible. Yeah. I can become pregnant by faith. Because the child is coming from the realm of the intangible into tangible. In John chapter 1, when you read from verse 8 down to 9, talking about Jesus, the Bible says about Jesus that the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Message translation says the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. That means it became something that we can touch in our neighbor, neighborhood. Yeah. The word intangible became flesh tangible. The Bible says here. Uh, okay, so that's that's uh, we beheld His glory as because of the Father, full of grace and truth, and the Word became flesh and all that. So going back to Hebrews eleven, it says faith is the substance tangible of things hoped for, hope intangible. That means the foundation of the operation of my faith is based on my ability to hope properly. I'm going somewhere. I need you to follow me. This, this is going to bless somebody. I promise you. We live in a world, like I was telling the BBC guys earlier today, that as ministers of the gospel, we distribute hope wholesale and retail. That's our work. And a hopeless citizen cannot contribute to the GDP of his country or our country. That's what I told them. <laughs> because a hopeless person will not be able to define destiny and work in it. Hope is what makes you wake up in the morning and believe that something good will happen today. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Have you seen a depressed person before? Hope, seriously hopeless. They don't want to wake up. You tell them it's already 10, 10 a.m. Say, which 10 a.m.? They cover themselves with duvet. Say, I don't want, I don't want sunlight to come. Yeah. Because they don't. They... If you have ever been depressed before, you understand what I'm talking about. You want to sleep all day. They said you they, they say good morning to you. You say, what's good about the morning? Yeah. Because there's lack of hope. Now, this is where I'm going. There are different areas of life where the devil wants to take hope away from you. For somebody, I mean, for 
my congregation, the people I'm dealing with, there's some people who have been trusting God for a child, for instance, for, for 15 years, for 20 years. Yeah. Had it, we had a testimony the last week of December. Was it December or January? It was December, right? Yeah. Uh, um, a, a, a brother, uh, um, um, forgotten his name right now, it's in a prayer unit at the Island Church. I had the pleasure of, it was December, I had the pleasure of naming his child. I think it was the last Wednesday of December or something. And it was just such a joy. Because I've known this guy for a little over 10 years. And he's trusted God. Before I went to say the names, I leaned on him again. I said, how long did you wait? He said, Pastor, it's exactly 16 years and four months. That was exactly what he said. This is exactly 16 years and four months. Yeah. I've known him for about 10, 11 years. And this brother is always sitting in front in church. Dancing, doing worship, and doing all that. He's in the prayer unit. He's one of the leaders there. Praying for other people and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. He's an engineer. He works, works with Snepco and, you know, he's had a good life. But his wife couldn't conceive. But now they have a boy and a girl, twins. Yeah? Yeah. And I, I was just telling God, I said, this is just a beautiful way to close this year for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory be to Jesus. But this is where I'm going by using that brother's example. I remember one day I went to his house around Lekki here. This was about three years ago. That was the day their fourth or fifth IVF failed. And he called me and said, Pastor, the thing has come down. Um, you know, usually this was the first time they would do IVF. You know, when you do IVF, after two weeks, you go for test. And they can confirm whether the pregnancy is the first time they will ever confirm his wife pregnant. All these years that they've been doing IVF. And we were rejoicing. You can imagine, even as a pastor, my mood went down. In fact, when I saw his call, I was like, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I still prayed about this thing last night. I hope this thing is still there. And then I pick. You know, it's some calls, take courage to pick it. Yeah. Say, PG, I just wanted to know that she's spotting and they said the pregnancy didn't stay. Ah! I said, I'm coming. I want to come and see her. And I remember sitting down in the sitting room and we're talking. As I was driving there, I was just telling God, what should I now say? What, what, what am I supposed to be saying to them now? Eh? Somebody for the first time. This is the fifth IVF. <laughs> but I, I, you know in situations where you only go, when you get there, when you open your mouth, I'll feel it. Let's go. Because even me, I was telling God, I'm discouraged. This is not good. This is not good. This is not good. This, this is not good. So I'm telling you about journeys of people. But you know one thing about this brother and his wife? What they had been through did not destroy their hope. Because I'm speaking to somebody here tonight, I don't know what you've been through. Some people, when it comes to maybe marriage, or when it comes to uh, um, being able to achieve something, having a PhD, or I don't even know. Some people, you know some people have been in Lagos, actually... Some of those people are not here because, you know, I'm thinking about much older people. Somebody who has been in Lagos for 25 years, 
and has not been able to build a house. After a while, you just say, you know what? It's not by force for somebody to have a personal house. It's just okay. We'll just move on. I mean, somehow, maybe in the lifetime of my own children, they will have their own house. The person moved from trusting God to losing hope completely. And you know the funny thing? Without hope, your faith cannot work. Yeah. Without hope, your faith cannot work. That's where I'm going. Be careful how you treat or how you allow the situations that you have been through to place you hope-wise. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. If I'm not hoping for it, I can't get it. Hope is for the future. Faith is what turns it to a substance. But hope is very important in that equation. Is somebody still with me today? Very, very important. So all through the Bible you read about, about Abraham, for instance. Abraham, Romans chapter 4, when you read from verse 16. It says, therefore, if it's of faith, it's of faith that it may be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. I want you to note that. This was what was written concerning Abraham, that Abraham heard from God. I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him, that's God, whom he believed, Abraham believed God. God, who gives life to the dead and calls the, those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, this is Abraham. Abraham got, Abraham got to a point where he was supposed to become hopeless. Somebody is listening to me right now. It's a medical situation that you need to believe God about and not lose hope. You know, you can live with something. <laughs> live with something and get to a point where it's just like when somebody has uh, uh, maybe some leg issues, for instance, and he said, you just use a crutch, you know. Maybe it's just one. You don't even need two. You just say, okay, if I have this, I'm okay. So you treat that crutch like, you know, like your twin brother or something. Something that must not get out of. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe the person I'm even talking to, it may be your glasses. It's not bad to wear glasses, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that if it's something that can still be healed, you have a choice to use your glasses. And you have a choice to say, I still believe that though I'm wearing these glasses, I can still be healed. Because one day, all of a sudden, boom, you can just realize that you forgot your glasses and you're driving and you're still okay. A lady had a testimony like that earlier last year in church. She had an accident and she lost the sense of smelling. Ability to perceive odor completely. This was early last year. In fact, she was on her way to church when she had that accident. And, um, you know, she, she's one of my editors, people who helped me to edit my, my books and all that. So, she, she gave a testimony towards the close of last year how after like six or eight months of the accident that she lived with it, but she just kept telling God that God, you said you can still heal me. The doctor said, that's it. It's final. It's irreversible. Yeah. And she said she was living with it, but she got to a point where she just started telling herself, God can still do something about this. And I believe. And I believe. 
She said she came to a worship experience or something and she was just releasing her faith and trusting God that God can heal her of this thing. You know what happened? On a, not just a normal day, a testimony may probably be somewhere online. Some of those testimony archives on our YouTube channel. She said she was just at work preparing either her or her friend was preparing coffee. And the mug fell and the cup, coffee spilled. And all of a sudden, she could perceive the odor. And she was like, you know, as in, what's going on here? And before you know it, that was it. It was restored. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Yeah, it was restored. It was restored. So Abraham got to a point here where, according to what was going on around him, he was supposed to tell himself, now at this age and at Sarah's age, there's no point. Yeah, there's no point. Let's just live with it. What am I saying? If you refuse to lose hope, faith can turn anything around. Faith in God can turn anything around. So the Bible says here, God who gives life to the dead and call those things that be not as though they were, as though they exist, who contrary to hope, in hope believe, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now, I need to understand something, that hope is based on promise. That's why as a believer, you need to know the promises of God. You know, hope can be unfounded. Let me give you an example. For me now, eh, to believe and hope that I can still play in the premiership. You know, there's a difference between faith, foolishness, and presumption. Who can classify that one for me? You know, I, I once thought like this in church, midweek like this, and I had a list, and I was asking, is this faith, foolishness, or presumption? Let me give you an example. For somebody to be eating, you know, very oily stuff, junk, and all that, and to be casting the fat out before you eat it, and eat it, is that faith, foolishness, or presumption? God bless you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so for me now to believe that, you know, I want to play for Asna. I want to play for Asna. Yeah, I'm in my mid-40s now. I want to play for Asna. The people who play for Asna, look at what's, what's the age bracket. <laughs> I, I've, I've passed the age bracket. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know. I think it qualifies as foolishness. <laughs> I, I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Hope is built on promise. Promised by the one who cannot lie. And something that is still within the boundary of the promise that you have. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You see, according to the story of Abraham, the truth is that menopause ex exists in science. There's menopause. Yeah. There's, in fact, I say an age you get to. Your own is not menopause. It's menostop. You know, there's menopause. By the time you are reaching 90, it should be menostop. Because there's no way. <laughs> According to science, there's no way <laughs> this can happen again. Abraham and Sarah, they were, the Bible says, look, look at this. Let's, let's read it. Let's go further. So you understand what I'm saying. 
contrary to hope, he believed in hope so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Look at the, the adjective. Dead. That was the state of his body. Dead. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, dead times two. This was supposed to be hopeless. That's where I'm going. The deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. You know, I told you that hope is based on promise. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith. Somebody say, I'm strengthened in faith. I cannot hear you say, I'm strengthened in faith. Bible says, was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able. You see promise again. What promise have you seen in the word of God? That you believe is for you. That you believe that God is talking about me there. Wrap your hope around it. That's the foundation for your faith. For that thing to come from the intangible into the tangible realm. Somebody still here tonight. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse number 4. In the Amplified Translation. It has in bracket. If you have Amplified, you can put it on. If not, I'll read it. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse number 4. It starts with bracket. It says, no exemption. That's how it's written in, in the Amplified Translation. No exemption. But whoever is joined with all the living has hope. Surely, a live dog is better than a dead lion. Can you see that? That's the Amplified Translation. They put it up right now. So you don't think I'm forming it. There's no exemption. What does this mean? You cannot claim that you're hopeless. Only dead people are hopeless. That's what that verse of the scripture says. You choose what you want to be hopeless about. But as far as God is concerned, you have to be dead to be hopeless. If you wake up any morning, there's hope that anything can happen. Somebody see here? Yeah. He said there's no exemption. But he who is joined to all the living has hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. A dead lion has is dead. A living dog is better than a dead lion. What am I saying tonight? For anyone here tonight, I, I don't know what you are dealing with. But it's your choice whether you want to lose hope about it or have hope about it. If you are still alive, God said you have the capacity to be hopeful. <laughs> and if you are hopeful, your faith will work. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Say better amen, somebody. Amen. Let me land this discussion. <laughs> In Mark chapter 5, when you read from verse 21 down to 30, time will not permit me to read it fully. You read the story of the woman with the issue of blood. But if you can flash some of it, I will appreciate it. Mark chapter 5 from verse 21. Yeah. So look at verse, um, uh, um, no, go to, to the place where 
they started to feature the story of the woman. Go just a little further, 24, 25 or something like that. The, 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 the record, they go further, go a little further. In verse 25, and there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 25 years. Verse 26, and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had, and had spent all she had and was not better, but instead grew worse. This woman was supposed to lose hope at this point. She heard, she had heard the report concerning Jesus and she came up behind him in the throne and touched his garment. Verse 28. For she kept saying, she kept saying, she kept saying, if only I touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. This woman has all that it, it, would, it should take for hope to be driven out of her completely. But one thing was this. She refused to lose hope. Yeah. She's read about Jesus as the Messiah and the capacity of the Messiah. And she then heard that the Messiah, the guy that he said is the Messiah, is somewhere around the corner. God is in the neighborhood. She still went there. You choose what you want to lose hope on. But if you are still alive, you have the capacity to be hopeful. The Bible says in Romans 5.5 5, that hope does not disappoint because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit who God has given to us. Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. There are common sayings when people become hopeless. One is this. I don't want to raise my hope again. I don't want to raise my hope again. Let God do what he deems fit. Yeah. How many people are familiar with this? They said, go and submit the application again. Submit your CV again. Said, I don't want to raise my hope. He said, I need you to come out with me on a date. There's one guy that will come. I don't want anybody to raise my hope again. Yeah. Go and see that doctor. I've negotiated, you know, maybe a reduced thing for you or maybe it's an IVF situation or a surgery or something. Yeah, I don't want to raise my hope again. We've done this thing how many times and, you know, yeah. In the story of the brother I told you about, if what he had in mind was, I don't want to raise my hope again. If Abraham said, I don't want to raise my hope again. If the woman would use your boss says, I don't want to raise my hope again. There will be no testimony. Yeah. Raise can me tap your neighbor say, raise your hope. Based on God's promise. And you will not be disappointed. Another thing that people say when it comes to when the hopelessness sets in is, que sera, sera. What will be, will be. That's one of the greatest signs of hopelessness. Yeah. Faith makes things happen. Not what will be, will be. Somebody say with me tonight. No. Yeah, you see, faith doesn't say what will be, will be. Faith says what is written shall be. <laughs> it is written. That's what faith says. It is written. It is written. That's what faith says. Jesus never said what will be, will be. He said it is written. So we say it is written. As it is written. As it is written. And like I used to say, what is written 
is more powerful than what is happening. What is written is more important than what is happening. Because what is written has the power to change what is happening. Are you still with me tonight? The main problem is that many people don't know what is written. So we get stuck in our journey of faith. We get stuck in our journey of faith. So all those statements may sound humble or pious, but the truth is that <laughs> they are they connote, you know, they are defeatist statements. And they denote unbelief. And sometimes anger against God. Yeah. Let me give me another five minutes and I'll just wrap this all up. All right. Let me quickly speak to the subject of patience as you start to engage your faith. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 9 to 12. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. There are things that accompany salvation. Good husband accompany salvation. Good wife accompany salvation. Great job accompany salvation. Yeah. A life of peace accompany salvation. Healing and health accompany salvation. Said we are confident of these things. Things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love. Which you have shown to us his name. In that you have ministered to the same. And do minister. And we desire that each one of you should show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. You see, the promise is there again. There's faith, but now with patience. With patience. That's what I call the concept of due season or fullness of time. I try to, I coined that. Yeah. And I know, according to the word, it's correct. There's a concept of due season or fullness of time. This is what I mean. So for everything in life, for instance, the normal gestation period for pregnancy is nine months. Everything has a due season or the fullness of time. So the normal gestation period for, for human pregnancy is nine months. In spite of your eagerness, it is in everyone's best interest that a child be born full time. If it comes too early, you put all of us into trouble. We have to come into the hospital. Yeah. We have to look for incubator, look for this, and we'll be raising our faith unnecessarily. Yeah. Because of your own eagerness. Yeah. <laughs> if it comes too late, it's also an IVG. Yeah. It's just, it's, the be- it's just in everybody's best interest. That you calm down. That you behave yourself as you carry this pregnancy. Allow it the full time. Let it come. And let everybody have peace. Just like I'm using this pregnancy as an analogy. All of us are carrying different things that we're incubating. When you step into lack of patience. And you worry and you become anxious. Like my daughters when you know we have this small space in my compound, where we plant stuff. I think right now they, they have tomatoes and ugu and all those things there. Yeah. When we started, when we moved into where we're living now about three or four years ago, about three years ago, and they had that space, and I gave them beans. We try, and I insisted that they should create that space for me there when they were paving the compound. Leave it, because I want to use to teach my daughters agriculture. Yeah. So we started planting small, small. 
The first time we planted maize and beans that we took from the pantry, you know, and I was praying that it will grow. It never did because they will go all the time to check it. And they will check it. You understand? Until they kill the seed. Yeah. I have to teach them to say, you know what? If you really want this thing to grow, you have to promise me that you won't go back there to check it. What happens is that God has invested providential help into the soil. All you need is drop your seed, water it, and move away. Don't check it. John 12 and 24. Except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. Jesus was using the analogy for himself. That when I die, I will bring forth much fruit in all of us. But it's the same in agriculture. That seed has to get down there, be broken. There's life surges out of it and becomes a plant that will show up. That will bring forth more. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. But it takes patience. If all the farmers in Nigeria behave like my daughter, we'll all be hungry. <laughs> the reason why some people's faith is not producing anything is because it lacks patience. Yeah. The ability to trust God and just move away. So your worry and anxiety will not change God. Adding patience to your faith will bring you to the fullness of time. And the Bible says it makes all things beautiful in its time. Yeah, in its time. Lack of patience will put you, can put you into trouble. I need to understand that. Can put you into trouble. There's no amount of heat that can make a block of ice to melt once, even when you drop it. Yeah. So, you, you, you need to understand that God wants you to temper your anxiety and all that with patience and walk in due seasons. Walk in Allow God to move in due season. The Bible says in Galatians 6 and verse 9, and let us not be weary while doing good. And walking by faith is doing good. Let us not be weary while doing good. For in due season, you shall reap if you do not lose heart. In due season, you shall reap if you do not lose heart. You shall reap if you do not lose heart. Let me say this. When you look at the story of Abraham and Sarah. When Sarah's faith started to shift and she could no longer be patient for God, you know what they produce? Ishmael. Some people today have Ishmael husband because of lack of patience. Yeah. Ishmael. 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 When you refuse to wait for due season, you produce Ishmael. Ishmael is created from lost hope, frustration, worry. It is never God's best. Ishmael is never God's best. <laughs> when you refuse to wait for due season, you produce Ishmael. May you never have Ishmael husband. I pray for you that you will not have Ishmael job. You know, the Bible talks about the blessing of the Lord. It makes one rich and add no sorrow. Ishmael's job will bring sorrow. Yeah. You know, as painful as it, it can be, when God stepped into Abraham's case, he actually told Abraham, cast out the bondwoman and her son. <laughs> Abraham felt bad. <laughs> that this 
my child, my son. And God said, it's your son. But you produce this son that is not born in due season. You didn't wait for me. So I'm not, I'm not going to patch up with you. Let Ishmael go. And that's what I say to somebody here today. Any Ishmael that you can allow to go, let Ishmael go. So that Isaac can come. Because Isaac is the son of promise. And it's a real fruit of your faith. Not the fruit of hopelessness. Yeah, because fruit of hopelessness will engender more hopelessness. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Ishmael was having issues with Isaac. <laughs> Ishmael can destroy the Isaac if you put the two of them together. I don't know if you understand. Another time I will expand more on that. But I need you to understand for every young person listening to me here tonight, what you don't want is Ishmael relationship, Ishmael job, Ishmael business, Ishmael money. I will put you into trouble. When you get Ishmael money, it lands you with EFCC. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. You, you will get to either EFCC, ICPC, or DSS. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. So, compromise shows lack of trust in God. God doesn't need your help. He needs your faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to praise God. God doesn't need your help. He needs your faith. God doesn't need your help. He needs your faith. I need to keep telling myself, God doesn't need my help. He needs my faith. He needs my faith. Every attempt to help God results into production of Ishmael. And lastly tonight, because I may not have time to do this seminar another time, so please pardon me. Last, lastly tonight, according to James, the book of James, chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, Faith without corresponding action is dead. There's a place you need to go. There are things you need to do. You can write that scripture down, not really because of time. Yeah. I, I, I just make up my mind, I'm not going to read the scripture again. Yeah. I just need to understand this. Maybe I have like two more slides. One says this that you cannot. Be trusting God, for instance, now to say, I'm trusting God for six, six pack ABS. You understand? By Easter, I want six pack, six pack. And you don't know the way to the gym. That is faith without corresponding action. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Tell your, tell your neighbor for me, say, Your faith needs corresponding action. Say to somebody, say, Your faith needs corresponding action. You can't be trusting God for a certification or a degree without enrollment. Yeah. You have to enroll first. <laughs> That's the corresponding action. You cannot believe God for a degree or certification without enrollment in a school and diligent study. That's the corresponding action. So your faith needs corresponding action. It needs corresponding action. Some things will not just fall on you in your room while you are sitting down. Because some people think That's a real miracle. No. Yeah. The woman with the issue of blood went to meet Jesus. They say, eh, 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 eh. then God see me here. You know the, <laughs> you know the issue, eh? Please pardon me to say this. That woman, in the day that she lived, the law of Moses was still the overriding thing. I mean, that was how they lived. Go and read the book of Leviticus. I read, I mean, I was listening to audio Bible today about 15 chapters of the book of Leviticus about 
purity and impurity and what was considered unclean. Because she had a discharge, issue of blood, she was considered unclean. She was not supposed to go to a public place. If she sat on a bed, the bed is unclean. If she sat on a chair, the chair is unclean. And there were ways they had to clean whatever she, she sat on. Let alone coming into the midst of people. She risked being arrested, being stoned, being, you know, all that. So don't please underestimate the move that this woman made to throng through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. That was serious corresponding action. So that by the time they catch her, she was healed. <laughs> by the time she was caught, she could not be considered unclean. Is somebody sitting with me today? Yeah. <laughs> because she would have broken the law. Glory be to Jesus. That was the height of corresponding action. What are you trusting God for? What are you trusting God for? You can't be believing God for a house. You don't buy a castle. You don't go online to check out what they're selling houses. You have never spoken to an agent. They're just praying in tongues. Let your tongue move you. Move you to check. Where are the houses? How much are they selling them? Engage. Because it's in the process of engagement. Even if your account is still in red, that the account can move to neutral and then move to green. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Are you still with me today? Will you trust God today for corresponding action? Is somebody ready to trust God for patience? So that worry will not destroy what God is doing in your life. Lift your two hands to Jesus tonight. Lift your two hands to Jesus. And say, Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me to trust you. I really want to trust you. I really would like to trust you, Jesus. I would like to trust you. I want you to, if you can, if you think you are distracted, close your eyes, lift your two hands to him. If you can pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. If you can pray in the spirit, just tell him, Lord, I just want to trust you. I want to step into a new level in my ability to trust you. My ability to trust you. He's gonna fulfill Every promise to you. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Cause He won't give up on you. He's able. Will you tell Him tonight, Lord, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to allow hope to slip by me. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. He's able. God is able. Somebody pray to Jesus tonight. Tell him, Lord, I still trust you. I trust you for my marital destiny. I trust you for that business. I trust you in my career. Never going to lose my hope in you. I'm joined to all the living so I have hope. I won't give up. I trust you for that healing. Cause you won't give up. Trust you for that academic pursuit. Because I know it's still possible. I may not have all the money, but all things are possible to him that believes. 
He is able. Surely there is an end, and the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. That's what the scripture says. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. He is able. judge you faithful. We judge you faithful. Concerning the health situation, we judge you faithful. Concerning our finances, we judge you faithful. Lord, we thank you. You are the God who is able to do exceeding abundantly far and above what we can ever ask or think. We ask that faith be rekindled in somebody's heart this evening. I break the hold of unbelief and hopelessness over somebody's heart here today. I decree 2018 your faith is producing tangible results. I decree 2018 you will touch the substance of your hope in the name of the Lord Jesus. As we step into the month of February I decree for someone here that your faith grows from one level to the other. That what grace has provided, faith is putting into your hand. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So receive the grace to be at the right place at the right time. To be with the right people. To think the right thoughts. To incubate the right ideas. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive grace to attract resources human, material, financial that you need for the fulfillment of destiny in the month of February. I decree consistent open heavens over everyone under the sound of my voice that this month of February as you step in from tomorrow doors will open to you of their own accord. In the name of the Lord Jesus I see healing for you physically. Healing emotionally. Healing spiritually. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, if there's anyone here distracted by Ishmael, I decree as you step into the month of February, the operations of Ishmael is broken over your life. Receive grace to be consistent. Grace to be constant. Grace to wait on God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I break the hold of anxiety. I break the hold of worry. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I decree that the peace of God comes into your heart. That peace keeps your heart. It keeps your mind. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. And tonight I pray for the oil of joy over everyone here. That every day of the month of February, the joy of the Lord will spring forth in your heart. The joy of the Lord will spring forth in your heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus. There's anyone going through any heartbreak, any form of depression. Tonight, by the authority given me in the name of Jesus, I decree tonight that the hold of depression is broken over your life. I decree somebody moves from hopelessness to being hopeful. Your faith grows like never before. In the name of Jesus. Every evil report, medical, financial, career, any form of evil report, I break his hold over your mind. Whatever report has agitated your mind, I decree tonight by the peace of God coming upon you tonight, the hold of that evil report is broken. And I decree before February is over, evil report is turned to good report. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I said evil report is turned to good report. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you and we bless you. Lift your hands to him and bless him. Just bless him all over this place. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Just appreciate Jesus. Today. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.